secret. Bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you can enjoy the features completely free. So do head over there and enjoy those on us, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. We do it for free. freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, we'll talk about Uncle Scrooge. Sean, apparently you're going to be defending him. That's right. We will see what that's all about. Uh, But first, going to uh, give you a quick update here. Uh, Julian Assange, I believe, released today. Did you all see that news? Yeah, bailed out again. Finally. uh, Bailed out part due. I don't know what the uh, the details are because originally he was bailed out and then the Swedish government said, no, no, we're appealing this. So I presume that means their appeal did not succeed in that particular case. That's my understanding. So that's a little bit of good news, but on the other side of things, there's somebody else who's been held in a jail cell for much longer than Julian Assange, and he has been not been getting the attention uh, that Julian Assange has been, and I think that, that there's a problem there. Uh, Bradley Manning, of course, is who I'm referring to, and he is the guy, in case you don't know, he's he's one of the people, maybe one of the primary people, but one of the people that released a whole bunch of military files to WikiLeaks. And then uh, he was basically snatched up by the U.S. government. and He worked for them at the time. R- well, it probably wasn't hard for them to find him yeah. then in that case. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's sitting is – he is he in a military brig right now, yeah. Mark? Not the, uh, the best of conditions. And, of course, they're treating him like a big-time enemy of the state. And you've got some details on exactly how that is uh, transpiring, Mark. And I think it's important to, to bring this, uh, this story out because – you know, Assange, he definitely deserves the attention. Assange has been doing good work, but Bradley Manning was one of the guys that made it all possible. Right. You know, Manning is not, you know, he doesn't have the uh, the lily white appearance that Assange's uh, situation does. Assange, they have to trump up these ch- sex charges because he hasn't done anything that a press organization would have been in trouble for. He mm-hmm. turned over these files to the, the New York Times and uh, other press organizations around the world. The government isn't going after those organizations. They're going right. after WikiLeaks. Um, so WikiLeaks, Those other organizations have a lot more money. Right. Uh, they're going after Assange on these sex charges because that's the only thing they can go after him on at this point. It's not to say that I don't think they'll try to trump something up on him, but I just don't think it's it, – the case isn't nearly as good as it is against Manning, who is a guy who contracted with the United States government to work for them. Then, as far as they're concerned, he turned coat on them and uh, you know gave all their secrets away. He was a, a secret holding guy. He was an intelligence officer, as I understand, and um, you know he gave these files up. Now, I think you can make a case that if uh, Manning signed up believing that uh, he was doing the best thing for his nation by you know signing up for the intelligence agency and then seeing what this agency is doing, finds out a bunch of stuff and and you know changes his mind that uh, you know being on the inside convinces him that this agency is not doing things the right way. And that he would be doing better things for the country by releasing the information. Right. That that would. And I think that there's a, there are a lot of arguments to be made in that direction. But, you know, it's it's more difficult for the patriot types to see a man in uniform 
for him, give up the information, um, you know, do the opposite of what his job is. And they see him as a traitor. So um, the Manning, you know, situation isn't as clear cut for many people. Although I think those people don't really care what the law is. They want Assange hung from a high tree anyway. Um, well, I imagine they would say they would feel the same way about Bradley Manning. Yeah, I just. I can see why some would, uh, you know, make the argument in, in the way they would as, uh, regarding Manning. So Bradley Manning, this is from uh, Glenn Greenwald. It's over at Salon.com, and it's the inhumane conditions of Bradley Manning's detention. Bradley Manning, the 22-year U.S. 22-year-old U.S. Army private accused of leaking classified documents to WikiLeaks, has never been convicted of that crime. Yeah, that's right. Nor of any other crime. Despite that, he's been detained at the U.S. Uh, Marine Brig in Quantico, Virginia, for. Five months, two months before that, a military uh, jail in Kuwait under conditions that constitute cruel and inhumane treatment and by the standards of many nations, even torture. Oh, boy. Interviews with several people directly familiar with. It's not torture when we do it. That's really what it comes down to. Um, and I, you know, we can discuss what it, you know what makes torture here this evening. And you, if you have an opinion as to you know what's torture and what's not, please uh, give us a call. So conditions of Manning's uh, people familiar with conditions of Manning's detention, ultimately including a Quantico Brig official who confirmed much of what uh, they have been conveyed here, establishes that the I imagine they're speaking on an, uh, anonymous grounds. Some are, some aren't. Okay, um, establishes that the accused leaker is subjected to detention conditions that likely to create long-term psychological injuries. Since his arrest in May, Manning has been a model detainee without any episodes of violence or disciplinary problems. He is not, I imagine it's pretty difficult considering he's in a cell uh, and can't go anywhere, but he is nonetheless declared from the start to be a maximum custody detainee, the highest and most repressive level of military detention, which um, then became the basis for the series of inhumane measures that have been imposed upon him. Now, I don't know what the specifics are as far as bail goes when... Um, you're dealing with a, a, a military, military crime? Yeah, detention. But this guy hasn't, remember, has not been convicted of anything. Is he a flight risk? I mean, for God's sake, where this, where is this guy going to hide in the world? I just don't think you could, unless you go, decide to go live in a cave someplace. Mm, I don't know. From the beginning of his detention, Manning has been held in intensive solitary confinement for 23 out of 24 hours every day for seven straight months and counting. God. He sits completely Brutal. alone in his cell. Even inside his cell, his activities are heavily restricted. Get this, Ian. <laughs> he is barred from even exercising and is under constant surveillance what? to enforce these restrictions. Oh, my inside God. Inside his little cell, at he's least, not allowed to do push-ups. At least in the uh, the SeaTac the prison, which is also a federal prison. Uh, remember, we we had gotten uh, Mark Emery, who's the Prince of Pod. He, he was in there for a, while, a long while. I believe he's going to be transferred out soon if he hasn't it already if that hasn't already occurred, but when he was in solitary confinement, while he was there 23 of 24 hours, they didn't have as many restrictions placed on him. He could still have magazines delivered to him or newspapers and things like that, and he could still, to some extent, uh, involve himself in something. You're saying you can't – this guy basically can, can't even really move around the cell? Nothing. I mean – Wow, I, that's crazy. What's he going to do? Spin in circles? I mean there's nothing – he can't just isn't allowed to do anything. Um, for reasons that appear completely punitive – Yes, I agree so. He's being denied many of the most basic attributes of civilized imprisonment, including a pillow or sheets oh, for his God. bed. 
He's um, he's never even been he's never been is not and never been under suicide watch for one hour per day when he's freed from his isolation. He is uh, barred from accessing any news or current events programs. That part has been uh, disputed by one party, although the other parties disagree. Mm-hmm. So um, Lieutenant Villard protested the conditions were not jail like movie uh, movies where someone gets thrown into a hole, which, you know, they t- the jails, you know, tend to show the hole as dark and likely his cell isn't for uh, photographing purposes. Plus, you know, they're observing him. If you <laughs> which is which is worse, really uh, dark or light. I mean, if you want to sleep, having lights on is Sucks. worse. And so I think that it's very likely it is in a very bright cell and it's probably bright all the time. Mm. And uh-huh. you wouldn't give anybody a blind drive you mad. Yeah, he wouldn't have a blindfold to uh, to, to even cover his eyes. You'll lose your sense of uh, you know, the the cycles, uh, the yeah. circadian rhythms that we are tuned to. The the sleep and the wake, and the sleep and the wake, and the light and the dark. Those trigger uh, those trigger those cycles. And it's he's probably not it doesn't have a window out to the world or anything like that. And it has, if you got the lights window. on twenty four hours a day, that's crazy. These are just guesses on my part, but it's certainly likely. In some, Manning's been subjected to many months without uh, without pause to inhumane, soul erasing, uh, let's see, personality eating, insanity inducing conditions of isolation similar to those perfected at America's supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. All without so much as having been convicted of anything. That's right. And you know that's I, what America is all about. They punish well, you first. Well, it's it's it's. It's just for one, it's in, it's wrong to punish somebody uh, before they've been convicted of anything. Now, I suppose if somebody's a flight risk, you have to do something to in order to keep them. But I, I don't get the impression this guy would run. You could put an ankle bracelet on him, keep an eye on him. They don't need to do this to him. That's for certain. One eight hundred. There's more. Right? Oh, lots more. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. More about. Exactly what's happening to this young man who thought he was doing the right thing. They are taking him to task, and as you point out, Mark, he hasn't even been convicted. Looking for a way to support Liberty? Now you can, and save while shopping online. FreeOzRadio.com brings you BitcoinsBack.com. BitcoinsBack.com gives you up to a 5% rebate every time you shop at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Newegg, and other online retailers. BitcoinsBack.com supports Liberty at the same time as it saves you money. BitcoinsBack.com, brought to you by FreeOzRadio.com. Control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get on various different delivery options. We've got email, which is the best way to get the info. And then, of course, there's Facebook and Twitter, which are some alternatives for you. You can use one or more than one. 
Sign up for all of them if you want. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can do that for free. George's famous baklava is like heaven in your mouth. Uh, I've had other baklava out there, and it you know, it just didn't do anything for me in the same way that uh, George's famous baklava has. It's, uh, it's you delicious. You didn't finish your first sentence. It's like having in your mouth... Heaven. What? Oh, heaven. heaven. I'm sorry. I missed the... <laughs> What have you had in your mouth that uh, compares to George's famous baklava? It's pretty darn good. <laughs> okay. Uh, the only thing that's better is putting things on George's famous baklava, like ice cream or or rice pudding or something like that. Like I have fun with it. Yeah. Well, I uh, or deep frying it like he did at Porkfest. I don't remember that very clearly. I was I was somewhat inebriated at the time, mm. but um, I do remember the the ones that we had last night, and they were delicious. And uh, I probably should get eat more it tonight. Every night, maybe we should. Yeah, maybe. All the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's uh, the perfect treat for any holiday party or family or friends, coworkers. It's shipped in a special container, Priority Mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. And it certainly is. Order by Tuesday, December the 21st, and you can make sure you have it for Christmas. Apparently, he's had to take days off from work. That you know, He's just making so much of it. And uh, you can get yours at mandrick.com, M-A-N-D-R-I-K, no C in mandrick, mandrick.com. You will thank me. Yep, 800-259-9231. Mark, you're telling us about the conditions, the very inhumane conditions. I mean, jails are bad as they are, just being in jail, not a fun experience for most people. Um, but it's worse when you're in the hands of the military. In a military brig, and that's where he's being held. Quantico in Virginia. Yeah, Quantico. Um, you know there are people being held in these conditions. Uh, you know that are convicted criminals, civilian criminals in the United States. That and, they can't even do push-ups in their cell. You know, I don't know about that part. I, I couldn't say. For that's one shocking to me. Uh, I know There's, that they, you know, Supermax in Colorado. Basically, you can do. They can do anything. I mean, who's defending this group of people? Nobody. Nobody's Very going few to. People. There are a few prisoners' rights groups out there. It's but. difficult to defend this group of people. They are. They tend to be, uh, you know, folks that are unsavory. And I, I agree. But my question is really this. You know, I, I have been of the opinion in my life that, uh, you know, make make the prison un, uh, uncomfortable. But I don't think that for one, convicts aren't the kind of people that think, oh, well. I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I won't do this because it'll be a terrible punishment. Usually they don't think they're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to design a prison in order to prevent them from, you know, going there, I don't, I don't know that it entirely works. Prison's not fun one way or the other. And it doesn't really matter what more you do to it in order to make it more unsavory. Um, some people will say that things that don't harm you physically aren't torture. And I have to disagree. I mean, obviously, those people know that you can torture somebody without physically harming them. I mean, sure. you know, you can put them in terrible conditions. Chinese water torture. Yeah, well, right? even you know, making it so they can't sleep. Mm. I mean, you know, if you have ever been without sleep, you know that that is absolutely torture. So, um, but the the suggestion that you're going to take bad people, put them in a terrible, terrible place, surrounded by other bad people, uh, you know, tortured by bad people. You don't find too many prison guards who, uh, you know, can can handle it. I mean, you know, it, it tend traditionally. I'm not saying that this is true for all of them. Traditionally, prison guards have been looked down on throughout history and throughout literature and throughout uh, media as being some of the most unsavory folks um, in the world. You'll find movies and books where the convicts are the heroes. You won't find too darn many where the where the guards are the heroes. Yeah, so. You might find a couple of guards like Green Mile. You know, there's a guard that mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, a certain level of compassion. He's the protagonist, but he's not the hero. 
the hero's the uh, the black guy on death row. Right. Um, so you know, to expect expectation that these people are going to pop out of this place and and be good folks again is ludicrous. So what are you trying to do when you punish somebody this severely? It's sick. It's just some sort of sadistic thing where people they feel better when they know that. Bad, the bad guys are getting hurt. Yeah, well, when the bad guys get out and they're mentally broken, who do you think they're going to hurt? That's a great question. And, of course, in this case, we're talking about uh, Bradley Manning, who has not been convicted of doing anything. So they're doing all of this to him post or pre-trial. Yeah. <laughs> Presuming so, there is even a trial. It's probably going to be some sort of military tribunal. It'd be, you know, pound the gavel and send him away. Yeah. Um, there uh, many guys in... Uh, the Vietnam era got sentenced to long sentences, but were released uh, shortly thereafter. It just wasn't worth the military keeping them. But that was before they had the prison industrial complex mm-hmm. uh, up and running the way they do now. I don't, I, I don't see too many good things for Bradley Manning. I hope the best for him, but I don't see good things for him. Um, it's true that many prisoners subjected to are subjected to warp treatment of this sort. The uh, Briggs medical personnel now administer regular doses of antidepressants to Manning to prevent his brain from snapping under the effects of isolation. Just by itself, the type of prolonged solitary confinement to which Manning has been subjected for many months is widely viewed around the world as highly injurious, inhumane, punitive, and arguably even a form of torture. In his widely praised uh, March 2009 New Yorker article entitled is long-term solitary confinement torture. The surgeon and uh, journalist Atoll uh, Gwande assembled expert opinion and personal anecdotes to demonstrate that, as he put it, all human beings experience isolation as torture. Mm. By itself, prolonged solitary confinement. Now, remember, Bradley Manning isn't the kind of guy that's slitting someone's throat in the shower with a uh, homemade shank. He isn't the kind of person that you need to keep away from other inmates, unless that's unless what he asks. Unless you want to torture him. It, but, you know, some inmates ask to be kept away from other inmates, mm-hmm. um, but there's, there's, they still have these uh, segregated areas where they can keep them safe. I don't know what it would be like for Manning, uh, but it should be up to him. Remember, he hasn't even been convicted. Not that I think that it's okay once somebody's convicted to put them in isolation just for kicks. Mm. Let's see. Um, By itself, prolonged solitary confinement routinely destroys a person's mind and drives them into insanity. A March 2010 article in the Journal of American Academic uh, Academy of Psychiatry and the Law explains that solitary confinement is recognized as difficult to withstand. Indeed, psychologically, uh, psychological stressors such as isolation can be as clinically distressing as physical torture. That's what. The Journal of the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law says. Yeah. Well, they're not going to bother to do any research on these things. They don't care about you, and they don't care about the prisoners and their well-being. They know, though. They do know that's the fact. It's just that Americans aren't going to clamor for this. They're never Mm -hmm. going. I just don't see it happening. No. I don't see Americans clamoring for inmates' rights and, you know, people to inmates to be treated humanely. They just want to forget about them. Oh, that's where they ho- the what's that, mommy? Oh, that's where they house the bad people. Yeah, and that's it. Drive on by. Don't think about it. <laughs> well, you don't want to know what's going on in there. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll tell you a little bit. There's more to this. Yes. Oh yes. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What's going on with Bradley Manning and the conditions in which he's being held? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're welcome to comment. Maybe you've been in solitary confinement. You can speak to that. You're certainly welcome to do that or bring up anything you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? 
How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Whatever you want by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are there, including our listening options, broadband, and dial-up versions of the program. You can go and listen around the clock over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, we've got a webcam and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen in that way. Our satellite feed is available, and it is free to you. No subscription fees there. Plus, uh, then there's also the 84 wonderful radio stations we've got coast-to-coast that carry the show at various different times during the week. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more and get tuned in. SACL CAI has a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page, the banner that is. All right, so we're going to continue here uh, with the conditions in which Bradley Manning is being held. Glenn Greenwald from Salon.com reporting on it. The journal- so t- solitary, solitary confinement, not even allowed to do push-ups in his cell. Incredibly restrictive conditions. Yeah, one tw- uh, one hour a day out of his cell, and the rest of the time he's uh, sitting in there and can't even do push-ups. It's crazy. The Journal of American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law explains that solitary confinement is recognized as difficult to withstand. Indeed, psychological stressors such as isolation can be as clinically distressing as physical torture. For that reason, many Western nations and even some non-Western nations notorious for human rights abuses, refuse to employ prolonged solitary confinement except in the most extreme cases of prisoner violence. It is an awful thing, solitary John McCain wrote of in his experience in isolated confinement in Vietnam. It crushes your spirit, as Gawande documented. That's a guy who wrote... uh, one of these uh, psychological articles earlier and mentioned in the article, a U.S. military study of almost 150 naval aviators returned from imprisonment in Vietnam reported that they found social isolation to be as torturous and agonizing as any physical abuse they suffered. Gawande explained that America's application of this form of torture to its own citizens is what spawned the torture regime, regime which President Obama vowed to end. So, uh, you know, the uh, the idea here that you can uh, just torture these, you know, this is this is I, I'm going to call it torture because I believe that's what it is. But the idea that you can torture these people and uh, just, you know, get away with it, it with an impunity, it seems to be true. Yeah, sure. It, it seems like nobody cares. And, you know, I, I guess. When I think of the government, I think that the government tends to expand any of its programs to be the most expensive they possibly can. And confining a man in solitary confinement is the least efficient, most expensive way to confine a man because you're taking a whole cell that could have two people in it. Mm -hmm. 
You're locking a door. You're making it so that guards have to, you know, come by and take a look at him in, in his cell. He's being monitored. Yep. Uh, if, if he does a push-up, they're going to do something to him. Yep. They, uh, you know, they just, you need more guards and more concrete, more electronics, more everything in order to watch mm-hmm. guys like this. Instead of housing them in some place where they can get out, get some sunshine and do whatever it is that they do. Even if it's 23 hours a day, that one hour, he's still in solitary confinement. He has no other people to talk to. Yeah. It's not like he's going out for a walk in the woods for that extra hour. Yeah. Um, Apparently, this is, uh, I believe, uh, an Obama quote here. This past year, both the Republican and the Democratic presidential candidates came out firmly for banning torture and closing the facility in Guantanamo Bay, where hundreds of prisoners, um, it must be a quote from Gowani, excuse me. Right. So he wants to move the prisoners from Guantanamo Bay to other prisons around the world, pretty much. Well, Neither Barack Obama nor John McCain, however, addressed the question of whether prolonged solitary confinement is torture. There is the dark side of American exceptionalism. Our willingness to discard these standards for American prisoners made it easy to discard the Geneva Convention's prohibition, similar um, pro- prohibiting similar treatment of foreign prisoners of war to the detriment of America's moral stature in the world. In much of the same way as a previous generation of America's countenance, Americans countenanced legal seg- segregation, legalized segregation, ours has countenanced legalized torture. And there's no clearer manifestation of this than our routine use of solitary confinement. It's one thing to impose such punitive barbaric measures on convicts who have uh, proven to be violent when around other prisoners – at the Supermax in Florence, inmates convicted of the most heinous crimes and, and uh, who pose a threat to prison order and safety of right. others. You, if you shank somebody in the prison, then it makes sense to put you in the hole. That the, makes sense. They're subjected to worse treatment than what Manning is experiencing. But it's another thing entirely to impose such conditions on individuals like Manning who have been convicted of nothing, nothing. and have never demonstrated an iota of physical threat or disorder. Yeah. In 2006, a bipartisan National Commission on America's Prisons was created, and it called for the elimination of prolonged solitary confinement. Its report documented the conditions here, whereby prisoners end up locked up in their cells 23 hours a day, every day, is so severe that people end up completely isolated, living in what can only be described as torturous conditions. The report documented, should I go back and um, say where this is from? The Bipartisan National Commission on America's Prisons. Right. So they came out with this report and said, yeah, this is awful. This is terrible. Please you know, stop doing this. And the government guy said, OK, thanks for the report. Yeah, thanks for the report. The report documented numerous psychiatric studies of individuals held in prolonged isolation, which demonstrate a constellation of symptoms that includes an overwhelming anxiety, confusion, hallucinations mm-hmm. and sudden violent and self-destructive outbursts. The above-referenced article from the Journal of American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law states psychological effects can include anxiety, depression, anger, cognitive disturbances, perceptual distortions, obsessive thoughts, paranoia, and psychosis. All you have to interact with is your own mind at that point. You will go nuts to some extent. How far you'll go, I don't know. I guess it depends on how long you're kept there and what your proclivities are. (laughs) It's just really scary to think about. So what they'll do is they'll take the guy, they'll lock him in there, and then a couple months later when he's gone completely insane, they'll say, oh, he's completely insane. We have to do this. Yes, you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't just let him out into the population. He's nuts. It's a, it is sort of a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. You're, you're right, Sean. I mean, that essentially they'll lock him up. But it's lock people up for these uh, you know, incidents of violence, and they become more violent as a result. But mm-hmm. Manning 
hasn't shown that proclivity to violence. So if he comes, if he's violent because he's been locked up for seven months in solitary, it's their fault. Whether he'll be violent or not is another question. How it'll manifest is uh, is another question. Maybe he'll just talk to himself and yeah. you know see see people who aren't Mind there. Mind will be mush, and yeah. uh, you know he'll he'll just be you know <laughs> just be lost. When one exacerbates the harms of prolonged isolation with the other deprivations to which Manning is being subjected, long term psychiatric and even physical impairment is likely. Gwande documented that. EEG studies going back to the 1960s have shown diffuse slowing of brainwaves in prisoners after a week or more of solitary confinement. He's been there for seven months? Seven months. months? Medical tests conducted in 1992 on Yugoslavian prisoners subjected to an average of six months of isolation, roughly the amount to which Manning has now been subjected, revealed brain abnormalities Mm. months afterwards. The most severe were found in prisoners who had endured either head trauma sufficient to render them unconscious or, yes, solitary confinement. Wow. So head trauma and solitary confinement. Take your pick. (laughs) Without sustained social interaction, the human brain may become as impaired as one that has incurred a traumatic injury. Gawande's article is filled with horrifying stories of individuals subjected to isolation similar to or even less enduring than Mannings who have succumbed Mm -hmm. to extreme long-term psychological breakdown. And on top of that, you mentioned earlier that they're doping him up as well. They're giving him, what was it, antidepressants in order to somehow counteract the the depressing fact that you're being held against your will and unable to interact with other human beings, as though that's going to help, as though doping him up is going to somehow counteract the the, the significance of what he's being, uh, you know, what they're putting him to. That's just going to make things worse. It, it, it may help. It may worse. I don't know. But, I mean, it's, it, it, it's it, not it shows how horrifying the circumstances are. 1-800-259-9231. Taking a pill isn't going to substitute for human interaction, period. 800-259-9231. You can take control here. Uh, more about Bradley Manning and what's happening to him. This is Free Talk Live. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season, share the freedom message with friends, family, or the one acquaintance that really needs it. BigHeadPress.com's thoughtful stories provide a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Just one of the many imaginative graphic novels from BigHeadPress.com is L. Neil Smith's Roswell, Texas, a sci-fi, western, romantic comedy with aliens, motorcycles, beautiful women, and the gayest Nazi you've ever seen. Sample online before you you buy at bigheadpress.com. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features like archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there at the top of the page. The last week's worth, easy to access, and then a little bit uh, more difficult, like you have to click a link. Uh, you click a link and you go to you go to archives.freetalklive.com, and that will take you to years worth going all the way back to late 2006 it's all free for you thanks to hostgator hostgator is a worldwide leader for web hosting they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name you create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you 
Use the portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231 to the phones and the fun. Your thoughts are welcome about whatever you want. Frank is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sean, and Mark. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, it's Frank. very cold tonight down here in New York. You but, say that uh, every night when you call. Go ahead with your Yeah, it is. What I wanted to say is this. Listening to you talk about, you know, the solitary confinement, many things sort of went through my mind. I was thinking about uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's experiences that he documented of his own life as an inmate in the Gulag Archipelago, and some of the other inmates. And I want to disagree a little bit, bit with the fact that putting someone in solitary confinement for six months, you know, will actually make them more violent. I think as Solzhenitsyn says, now we have to remember that the people he talked about in the Gulag were primarily political dissidents, people that really did nothing wrong. Uh, such as murders and things. They were sort of imprisoned for their either their position or just for random act of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, mm-hmm. or holding, uh, let's say, dissent against the existing Soviet regime uh, at the time, you know, that he writes about. So what I want to say is this, that, you know, I have a feeling that, as Solzhenitsyn documented, you know, when he was in solitary confinement or given, given psychoactive drugs and physical torture and abuse, what happens is sort of there's a breakdown of the ego, and one becomes, in a sense, more calm, provided their will to selfhood. Uh, that notion that Nietzsche defined, that Freud sort of uh, talked about in Jung, adequately, adequately described, uh, is not fractured. And it actually makes one stronger. Solzhenitsyn talked about having to write poetry in his mind without pencil or paper and things. And uh, what's interesting, I just want to say that right now, what I see happening in the United States with the, you know, Patriot Act, the Homeland Security Act, the Military Commissions Act, and the uh, Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib, whereby the United States is now torturing in violation of our own laws, our international commitments with uh, treaties uh, such as the Geneva Conventions and several other UN treaties that we're signatories to, uh, we seem to have this... Uh, uh, all I can say is this, that I think we're going to see a more brutal culture, and the punishment, rather than, uh, you know, make people more violent, is going to either do one, it's going to make people stronger, so that they will uh, have, you know, a different perspective uh, on their action, and two, it's going to uh, really uh, put a kibosh on the whole notion of freedom, and thinks that in an enlight- post-enlightenment uh, rationale society, uh, we take for granted aren't going to be there. So I so think what you're doing is... You're, let me see if I understand. You're saying that based on what Solzhenitsyn said, that you believe that's, uh, that in some cases that uh, people being held in solitary confinement for extended periods of time could could actually make them stronger? Oh, absolutely. Those that, well, then that if that's the case, then why don't people just go ahead and put themselves in solitary confinement if it's such well, a, I have a feeling. I have a feeling enhancement. We, have, we probably have people in Washington and in certain governments that are actually thinking about doing that on a grand scale. Well, and if you look at, you know, if you read, the, according to the study, if you read some of Victor Frankl's work and Bruno Bettelheim when they talked about confinement against one wills, primarily in concentration camps during the Second World War, you know, many of the perspectives are parallel. And uh, all I can say is this, that, uh, you know, we have many options for confinement. We have solitary confinement. We have psychopharmacological, uh, psychoactive drugs. And we also have, you know, a society that uh, 
uh, tends to be uh, lawless, and even the government isn't following its law and mandate. So, I mean, I think we have many opportunities, you know, for self You know, Frank, while, while I don't doubt that there could be some humans out there that would somehow benefit from being kept away from other human beings. Oh, I think uh, George we're, W. Bush it would be wonderful. <laughs> I think if we put George W. Bush in a gulag or if we decided to waterboard, uh, uh, let's see, who are some of the people in Washington that have been uh, uh, so flagrant in their violations of our law and our codes of conduct. I think it could I think be a very... Ashcroft was probably as bad Ashcroft as Ashcroft would be good, yes. Also, Chartoff. I mean, there's a whole but group of individuals that I, I think I'm I think would benefit for their from torture. That. <laughs> um, but I understand. No, no. That waterboarding. Bush defined it as sort of. Uh, but in his book, he acknowledges that he he gave the order to torture. Yet he didn't serve one day in prison. Uh, for his actions, yet those soldiers that did follow orders of their commanders. But to get back to the point you were making, you're Go saying ahead. you think that solitary confinement is a okay? No, it's not. Okay. But the point is, it depends on the makeup of the individual. For someone that's a brutal, psychopathic murderer, uh, I don't know if it's going to what the effects would be. But 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 solitary confinement on innocent or political prisoners historically has actually either strengthened their will to live or it has destroyed them. You either it's sort of that Nietzschean thing. Either I would say uh, it's more likely to have destroyed them. Will make me stronger if I survive. I get where you're. I get where you're coming from, Frank. But I doubt that. I doubt it's even close to a significant minority of them that come out stronger. That's a that's a huge uh, mental. You know, know, there are different types of. There's different types of uh, solitary confinement. You can have the confinement in the asylum with the straitjacket. You can have. You know, the solitary confinement care what with kind torture, it is. with you, physical torture combined. I don't care what kind it is, Frank. You, you're separating a human being from other human beings, and that's not healthy. I thank you for the call. No, tonight. it isn't. It's not healthy. Right. It's not. Yeah, so maybe some people will come out of that and say, I'm a better man because of it. Well, well, yeah, but you didn't have a chance to... The studies list all kinds of things that can go wrong. Uh, perceptual distortion, cognitive disturbances, obsessive thoughts, paranoia, psychosis. Um, so it could be any of these things. And, you know, it, it's not just the confinement, but the after effects of the confinement. I don't disagree with what Frank says, that after you've gone through all the effects of the confinement, you may very well be a, um, you know, mentally stronger individual that, uh, you know, going into a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, taking yourself out into the, the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, that kind of thing. People have often done this kind of uh, uh, self-imposed solitary confinement, and they believe that it has uh, psychological, religious benefits, uh, which really isn't much different. I mean, philosophical and religious are essentially the same thing. So I don't disagree with what he says. I don't think there's too many people that would want to be put in the condition that Manning, uh, Bradley Manning here is in. But, uh, you know, I mean, maybe what Frank is saying is true. When you take a murderer, you put him into solitary confinement, he might very well lash out much more often. A guy who's predisposed to violence is likely to uh, lash out if uh, he feels like a caged animal. Maybe people who are less predisposed would uh, be less likely to. I don't think you can guess what every person's going to do. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's much value in it um, the, to the point that people would choose to do it, but I, I think... What could- percentage of people put in six months of solitary confinement? I mean, didn't we just go through uh, statistics here where the, the, the experts said that, you know, after six months, significant damage is done to these people? Well, uh, it's... They didn't say that it was going to be damage that would uh, last there. It wasn't lifetime damage necessarily, but, you know, it could very well result in that. Some minds can break. Mm-hmm. 
So they don't they don't give numbers as far as uh, uh, you know minds breaking. Let me go on. Manning's barred from communicating with any reporters, even indirectly. So nothing he has said can be quoted here. But uh, David House, a 23 year old MIT researcher who befriended Manning after his detention, and then his uh, and this, the the researcher then his laptop's camera and cell phone received by were seized by Homeland Security when mm-hmm. entering the U.S. is one of the few people who have visited Manning several times in Quantico. He describes palpable changes in Manning's physical appearance and behavior just over the course of several months that he's been visiting him. Like most individuals held in severe isolation, Manning sleeps much of the day, is particularly frustrated by the petty, vindictive denial of a pillow or sheets, and suffers from less and less outdoor time as part of his one-hour daily removal from his cage. So, um suffers from less and less outdoor time as part of his i don't know why he suffers from less and less but uh you know it's it sounds like they're being as mean as they can they're yep. taking a, taking away his outdoor time whenever they can take it away for whatever they can and is it causing the man to break i mean that's what it's designed to do you wouldn't know you can't you can't go ask him you can't go speak to him you can't it's just so sick one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL cai toll free line we'll change gears a little bit here talk about uncle scrooge well, I guess he wasn't Uncle Scrooge in the. That's the Disney character. <laughs> we'll talk, yeah, well, he wasn't Uncle, but <laughs> we'll talk about Scrooge in the uh, the Dickens kind of Christmas Carol Scrooge here in a moment. And also, you can take control and bring up anything. Hour two's next. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing stickers from libertystickers.com exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers that's libertystickers.com but wait there's more you can buy liberty stickers wholesale get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination sell them or give them away they're great for gun shows flea markets fairs outreach and more earn extra money promote freedom and spread the word need custom stickers labels or decals for your organization or business liberty stickers makes them go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626 libertystickers.com the world's most dangerous stickers Take control of the airwaves. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're going to continue here and uh, take your phone calls about what you want, then talk about Ebenezer Scrooge here in a few moments. But first, Daniel is on the line in Illinois. Daniel, you're on Free Talk Live with the Sean and Mark. Hello, Daniel. Daniel in Illinois, going once. Hey, everything. Hey, Daniel, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. I, I just want to say I agree with you on almost everything, except I think you're completely wrong on immigration. What's what's wrong with and uh, let me with let me freedom. tell you why. Now I I uh, so listened you to your with debate with Alex Jones. I'm sorry. And repeat that one more time. I, I didn't hear you. I listened to your debate with Alex Jones. Okay. On the internet, and 
you guys are obviously very intelligent. And one intelligent. One thing you said that I want to pick up upon and saying why you're wrong is that that you want you know you don't want to pay your taxes. You want to withdraw from the state. They're not my taxes. Yeah, yeah. And I want to do the same thing, but the. I think you would agree that the first step to do that would to get would be to get populist support for um, uh, a move towards liberty. And the fact is that Hispanic Americans and uh, migrants, especially, are very uh, supportive of big government. So uh, how do you know the that? The American population. How, how do you know that, sir? Well, stats. Stats. Well, the, stat, the stats say that, in fact, that uh, people that come to this country, and some of them, uh, and, and many of them uh, that come illegally, are really looking for freedom, that they are sick mm-hmm. of the uh, big government in their country mm-hmm. uh, oppressing them, and they don't want oppression. Can I respond to that? Well, I just want to I, I complete the statement here. Yes, uh, now, I, I don't doubt that many of them take free stuff from the government. I don't doubt it at all. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, that's, that doesn't change the fact that what they're really looking for is liberty. So it doesn't matter that, like, Pew polls show that, you know, over, overwhelmingly Hispanics voted for Obama. Well, I know that you guys, and I, I join you in not liking the Republican Party, but the fact is that among Hispanic Americans that vote, they overwhelmingly vote for Democrats. Right. Who and are I, obviously born into big government. Right. That's I, all I'm saying. I concur with you. It's and absolutely so true. It's a simple what would you calculation. Do? If the population becomes more... This Daniel. 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 Okay. Um, Daniel, when you vote in elections, do you mostly vote Republican or mostly vote Democrat? Republican. Okay. Now, um, what if you were an, a Mexican, try to imagine you're a Mexican immigrant. Which party do you think hates you more? Oh, oh. Uh, because uh, Republicans don't want open borders. I'm just, an- just I'm, I'm not asking no, why. If I was a Hispanic, <laughs> Look, there was a well, my whole life point. would be different. But I don't. Th- I wouldn't think Republicans hate me if I was smart. Because <laughs> it's it just it's people. Well, wow, you are wait, really batting a thousand here really, tonight, dude. My my very my uh, my question is very simple. If here's two options. America in 2050 stays majority European or, major, or it becomes majority minority. In which option is liberty going to have the brightest future? A, you're not either. even talking in the I right terms. I don't think either. Currently you have this, this the European... demographics matter? No, no. The, 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 um, no. When you're talking no. about uh, this ethnicity mix that you're talking about, when you're, the America is moving down the, uh, the, the list of fiscally free countries so the the idea that you know you're talking about maybe uh you know uh it, government medical care or something like that yeah the republicans aren't for that but they want the biggest most oppressive yeah. military in the world yeah. I, mean, oh, and I, mean, I don't like the war in afghanistan I know, I know you don't. what do you think it's going to result in though it's going to result Wait, in people attacking this country more and more yeah, maybe there not, won't be a country in 2050 <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you, is the Republicans' solution sucks as bad as the Democrats, oh, just in I a agree. Different, different way. I, well, I don't agree that it's as bad, but I'm not debating Well, that. you're just not paying I, attention. I agree. I, don't, I have big problems with the GOP. Okay? Yeah, and you also apparently have big problems with people with uh, darker skin, uh, skin oh, pigmentation. So you want to play the racism card? Uh, that's what I've heard you saying here tonight. Is no, I you, have... You've been grouping people okay. into groups based on their skin color or their nationality. So, so... 
We shouldn't. Uh, so what do you here's think? A, here's no a radical raid? idea. We you shouldn't, shouldn't advocate. You shouldn't okay. advocate for uh, force being used against peaceful people. How about that? Okay, Regardless so, of what their skin color is so or what plot of land they're in. We should let anyone in. We should let L.A. turn into Rio so that the Democrats can uh, win every election. So that you we know what? Maybe people, people like you, Daniel. You know what, Daniel? Maybe people like you shouldn't be so damn cowardly and obedient. And if maybe if Americans weren't such a bunch of obedient wimps uh-huh. and wouldn't uh, wouldn't go along with all the uh-huh. demands of the national health care okay. or whatever else I'd it is like you don't like that. that they're throwing, you know, they're shoving down your throat, maybe then you'd actually have a chance at freedom. But if you think that you're going to have a chance at freedom by advocating for more control over people's lives, you are solution. you are incorrect. When I didn't say just because I don't, I, well, I know what you're saying, that borders is control over Mexicans' lives. It's so control over my life. Argument, but it's it control over, over my, my life, life, Daniel. That border works both ways. Okay. Okay, well, I understand, though. I don't think you're going to be trying to live in... I don't want to live in a police state right here, right now, and it's happening. Let's step away from the demagoguing here for a second. I'm tired of my partner yelling, too. Um, Now, here's the point I'd like to make. You can't stop illegal immigration. I don't care what you do. unless You can if you have a police state. Unless you take this country and you drive a stake through the heart of liberty. Do you understand? The only way you can do it is piling arduous amounts of paperwork on small business people, doing house-to-house searches for illegal Mexicans Uh hiding in the the back room, doing Uh uh, stopping cars and searching Mm -hmm. them, asking people for their papers. Those are the only Uh way that you're going to get from here to the land of white liberty. Look, there is no all-good solution. Okay, so I'm making a trade-off. I'm saying... Yeah, I'll deal with the borders, and if it gets but real bad in America, me, yeah, I won't be able to Daniel. escape through the southern border. But I'm willing to have a southern border if it means that the chances for the kind of liberty we want are going to increase. And the fact that you did not answer my question clearly well, shows that you acknowledge I'm, I'm ready that to you know how Latinos vote. And you know that Democrats. Uh, no, I told you. I believe that is, Latinos generally vote Democrat. And if yeah. I were a Latino, I would probably vote Democrat too. Uh, right. Even if I was a okay. s- smart Latino, but even mm-hmm. though the dumb ones would vote uh, Democrat or whatever it is you're saying, you had said that only dumb ones would uh, would uh, think that Republicans hate well, them. I don't agree. But with the- let me make this point, Daniel: mm-hmm. is when you make this collectivist decision to pile up, uh, you know, either soldiers on the border or b- border patrol people and things like that, you don't make it for you. You make it for me. Okay. okay? Can, how do I get away from you advocate not paying taxes, right? Withdrawing from the state, right? I advocate that, sure. Yep. Okay. Erwin Schiff, he did the same thing with taxes, and I like him, and his son Peter is pretty good as a Republican. But he's in jail now, and I have family and friends. I don't want to go to jail. Have you figured out a way that I cannot pay taxes? Uh, not have to deal Try with Try not filing returns. Not Irwin Schiff filed returns. I mean, I, there's no guarantee here, dude. You can't okay. just stop uh, obeying the government and think right. that you're going to be right. A-OK. But the process, that's the solution you're advocating. Yeah, and that's I'm right. Saying, I'm advocating well, I don't want to grow a pair. What? Grow, grow a pair and quit advocating throwing what? other people in prison to make your perfect society. Look, man, so I don't want to live in a police state. I don't want to live in your police state. No, thank you. All right, so I shouldn't pay taxes? Are you saying that or no? 
Well, that's what he's that's what my partner's advocating. Right, well, um, but he's not saying that you won't re- re- uh, receive any kind of uh, punishment for it. He does not know. Okay. Um, there are 60 million Americans that don't pay taxes. Likely, they wouldn't uh-huh. come after you. They're busy hunting down big fish. But what you should well, I don't doing want to take that risk. Is, I understand. Don't, I don't do a do damn it thing. Why don't you just sit at home and advocate that other people get thrown in prison cells okay. for trying to come? But here. that's what you're doing. Like you're you're advocating that other people get thrown in jail. Free people that simply wanted to make a living for their okay. Their families. So open borders is good for liberty. Open borders is liberty. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Hispanic majority. I hope you like the dictatorship. We already have one, dude. Good night. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, there's no bigotry there, no racism in in what he was saying. 1-800-259-9231, you take control and bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there completely free. So do head there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Sean. And Mark. I want to apologize to uh, Daniel. I, the guy that we had in the last segment, uh, I think I lost my uh, my temper a little bit there, and it's just so frustrating for me listening to that because I think that you know I can maybe see some of myself in that. Not that I was you know consider myself bigoted or anything like that in the past, but I did support immigration controls when I was a new person in the liberty world. I still you know it took me a little while to get that one, and so maybe I'm just frustrated because I hear a little bit of myself. It's, it's- just. Often one of the things that people have the diff- most difficult time letting go of when they uh, get into the paradigm of liberty because, you know, the it's an issue, right? Like there's um, illegal you know, people coming into the country against the rules. They're accepting all kinds of welfare. It's bad enough having to pay for our bums. What the heck would we want to import bums for? Um, you know, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, that there's this there's this uh, this culture of socialism in Latin America. Certainly just take a look at Che Guevara and the uh, the the populist sort of socialist revolutions. There's a culture of socialism here. Look around you. Look at the Communist Manifesto is like eight out of ten fully accomplished here in this country. Yes, but it's a clean, it's cleaner, whiter socialism. Well, that's here. just it. It was accomplished right. by a bunch of white folk. Right. But that's the way that you have to go about explaining it to Daniel. You, you can't just. Bigot, you know, because that doesn't work. What he said did sound bigoted, but that's what I led him to say. You know, he said the things he, I, you know, I brought him to the point where he's saying on the radio, well, only the smart Mexicans or only the dumb Mexicans hate the Republicans. You know, uh, you know that he it, it, it shows him and everybody else the ludicrousness of that position. Yes. The black, you know, when the Republicans have unfortunately painted themselves into a corner. They could otherwise be the biggest, most inclusive party out there because their lies resonate with more people than the Democrats' lies do. But there's all kinds of factions of the Democrat Party, and um, you know, one of one of many is the Latin Latin Americans that can vote. 
uh, also, you know, blacks and th- that kind of thing. Republicans, they, they don't have a message for those people. They should, you know, I haven't met too many people in the Republican Party that would say that they were bigots, but. Um, or, you know, talk in that fashion. But the fact is the party doesn't have those people. And one has to ask oneself, why? Why is it? Why? Um, you know, because the blacks vote for the Democrats to some extent because they know that Republicans, um, uh, you know, that the, that, the, the, uh, that the KKK votes for the Republican Party. That's uh, when you talk about uh, the Mexicans. They vote for the, Repub- the Democrats because they know that Republicans are much bigger on the strong security. And that's their family that they're keeping out. The Republicans hate my family. Who do you think I'm going to vote for? It's it's just so frustrating. Right. Uh, and, listening you know, to, it's to the it. government's policy. These Republicans out there um, and, and that's you know, I'm sorry, that's where Dan falls. And, the, you know, I tend to, too. Um, I don't vote on national elections because I just I find it so despicable generally. But, um, you know, the, the, it's these Republican policies throughout the years that have made Latin America the cesspool it is. No wonder they want to get out of there. You mean like by going and uh, taking U.S. helicopters and spraying their crops and destroying them in the name of the war on drugs? Those kinds of policies? That. Uh, don't forget NAFTA. Um, you know, I mean, it's destroyed mm-hmm. uh, the, the local farmer in Mexico. Yeah, you've seen a lot more immigration since NAFTA. I wonder why. Now, that's not a, a solely Republican uh, thing. That's a bipartisan thing. But the fact is the United States has made it. Its policies have made it so that these people, they can't live where they are from. Well, what are they going to do? Of course, you're going to you would come across the border and you're going to criminalize behavior that you would do to support your family. Yeah. How can you look at, at that as compassionate? Yes, there's a problem in this country with the way that people can vote themselves more benefits. I concur with you, but that's a problem with the country. It's not a problem with free people wanting to seek work for themselves so they can support their families. That's a good thing. That's the sort of thing that we want in this country. And that's the sort of thing that built this country until the veil of socialism fell. What we need to do is we need to disembowel the monster that has grown up at Washington, D.C. Well, apparently is it he easier believes- to uh, incarcerate Mexicans to do that? Maybe so. But it shows what a coward the Republican Party is. Is a bunch of leeching uh, you know, cowards. The ones that aren't cowards are the politicians. They know what they're doing. Absolutely. Uh, th- th- there's no doubt that the Republicans are cowards. I mean, they. You're right, Mark. They could have. They could be very, very popular. The, the message that they put out there when they're not elected is very popular. Yeah, it's, it's a, a popular message of, lie. It sounds like freedom. They use the terms, but they don't actually do anything about it when they get elected into office. They Both could you show, and I came from the Republican side of things. Yeah, they Sean, could. You sh- too, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. They, I did. They could show compassion to others uh, from other parts of the world and and gain tremendous amounts of support and and work towards actually achieving liberty. Like, even though Daniel seemed to believe on one hand that there were problems with the Republican Party, clearly was partisan toward them, and the idea that the Democrats are going to lead this country to tyranny, but the Republicans are going to save it? Well, it there's just no evidence to back that statement up. I mean, the Republicans grow the government as, as, as fast as or faster than the Democrats do. Right, and you can't, and you, when you have an inconsistent, consistency is morality. Morality lives in the heart of consistency. So when you talk, when you have your message that's in that's consistent on the points of liberty, until you get to the idea of free people being able to cross imaginary lines in the sand freely, well, then people see 
the immorality in your message because you're not consistent. You know in your heart that you need to be consistent if you want to have a moral message. But he's scared. Well, I understand. I, I get it. I, it's not. It's not the easiest scenario. It's um. You know. You. What happens if you just open the borders up? I understand that there's going to be difficulties, but there's difficulties in keeping it closed, trying to, to, to close your fist tight around it. Look at what's happened. Look at the roving checkpoints within 100 uh, miles of the Mexican and, and Canadian borders. You don't think that's a problem? Well, what happens if, if, if his worst fears come to pass? We wind up with a Hispanic majority in the United States. I'm sorry, in another five or ten generations... You're not going to be able to tell one race in the United States from another. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with races. I, you know, I, I think that there's sort of an old idea that uh, people don't know what they are until they. I had a, uh, you know, basically ended up with a, you know, finding out uh, genetics on my own side, and I had no idea. It's surprise, surprise. I'm part Oriental. I mean, you don't know these things. Your race is what you self-identify as. And if you want some other ethnicity, uh, you know, people from a different country to, to like your political party, you better open your arms up to them. Everything that he was saying. Why was, do the black people hate us in the KKK? Well, well yeah. no wonder. Everything he was saying was based on fear. I mean, he admitted that he doesn't want to stop paying taxes because he's afraid of what they might do to him. Now, as you pointed out, Mark, odds are good. You know, with the millions of people that don't pay, they wouldn't go after him. But nonetheless, there is always that that chance, that possibility. And he's afraid that uh, people of Hispanic origin are going to come here and use the system to take control and to you know raise taxes and increase tyranny, and that he'll just have to go along with it because he's so you know he's so afraid to to do anything in the realm of saying no to the government. I mean, if people really wanted to to stop welfare, they'd stop paying into it. If they were really serious about it, but they're not. They love their system so much, and they love the chance, the idea that they could be in control someday, that one day everyone would bend to their will if they could just, you know, manipulate things correctly. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Whatever you want by dialing in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And uh, don't forget, you can become part of the Shrine of Female Listeners. If you're a lady listener, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to get the details on how to do that. And if you're not a lady listener, or you don't want to become part of the Shrine, you can just go to shrine.freetalklive.com to have a look-see at it. Again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. How does cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, West Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a conference on the water. It's an 
Unconference, where the event is what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a lot more activities. Uh, the ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011, but you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy, but you have to reserve it because it's, it's very likely to go up. Also, um, this boat isn't going to be all liberty folks there's other people that are buying these uh, berths up too so you don't want to miss out um you don't have to pay the the whole thing up front but you have to put a couple hundred dollars down at cruise.freetalklive.com it's cruise.freetalklive.com and uh you know stefan molyneux west patron they're they're scheduled they're going to be there as am i so we're going to continue with your phone calls and you can bring up anything kevin is in new york you're on free talk live hello kevin Hey, guys, uh, I'm the one who wrote in about the parking ticket that I put the profanity on. Ah, yes. Yeah, and then the judge called you up and told you that you needed to apologize or else. Yes, he said, you want to do this the easy way or the hard way. So <laughs> I I had my court trial date yesterday, and uh, obviously I'm not in jail right now. Um, do, you, do you want to hear the story? Or, sure. Uh, sure do. I want to. I right. want to know what happens when a man writes "f you" on a parking ticket and sends it in, um, and then takes that case to court. I assume with the same judge who called and asked for an apology. Please tell it me. Was, it was actually a different judge. Okay. I think. Well, all right. So after I after I had emailed uh, you guys, I um, I emailed the ACLU, the American Civil Liberty people. Uh huh. Um, they responded back saying they can't represent me on this specific case because it's a parking ticket. But they cited a case that was very similar that I could use kind of in my defense um, with somebody who wrote F the draft on their clothing, and they appeared in court wearing that, and they were tried for that. But it was upheld that the First and Fourteenth Amendment covered the right to, to do that and that it wasn't considered uh, you know, public uh, disruption or something like that. So I had that in my back pocket that I was feeling kind of confident about. But So I get to court at 9 a.m., which is my, you know, my letter said show up at 9 a.m., and uh, you first go into this first room where they call in like 100 people, and then there's like five podiums with different people up there negotiating down your ticket. So you just show up and you say, hey, I'm here for this. And they say, okay, well, we'll reduce it down to this, or we can take it to trial. Mm-hmm. So I got called up once. Uh, the woman says to me, it looks like this is going straight to trial. Why is that? And I said, well, I probably pissed off a couple of people with what I wrote. And she said, what would you write? And she's flipping through, I guess, my file or something. And she's like, oh, yeah, that'll piss some people off. Uh-huh. All right, we'll have a seat. So I get called up again by another guy, and he says, do you think that was appropriate? And I said, maybe not. And he said, all right, have a seat, you know, wait for the judge. So groups of 10 people are getting called at a time to go into courtrooms, and then an uh, hour and a half later, I get called in by one guy to go to a single room. So there's one guy who takes me into the room. There's a judge, a stenographer, and this guy who brought me in, and he reads out my charge. He says there's an add-on to my parking ticket. So I assume that means that whatever else they're upset about that I did. So the judge says, you know, why'd you do that? I said, well, you know, I was frustrated, and I felt no other way to, you know, express my my frustration than than to do that. And he says, well, maybe you'd like to spend a couple nights in jail think about what you did for contempt of court and for ruining the lives of the people who read your mail. Ruining what? The lives. Ruining the lives of the people who read my mail. Because bureaucrats have never heard the F word before. Right, or used it. Oh, yeah. Well, so he was, he if was you can show me somebody, uh, you'd have to prove it to me, but you'd have to, you can show me somebody that uh, has never used the F-bomb in their life, then, you know, maybe you might be able to uh, convince me that uh, somehow their their sensibilities have been upset. All the people yeah, I can I mean, show you who meet that qualification are under six months old, Mark. Yeah. 
My son has not said the F word. So I was, I was holding this piece of paper that I printed out of this court case that the ACLU had sent me just as like a last resort, like a last-ditch attempt. But uh, I didn't have to use it because I said, you know, no, I wouldn't like that. So then the guy who was reading out the charges reads a statement from the officer who wrote the parking ticket who said, I write multiple parking, parking tickets a day, and I don't specifically writing this, uh, remember writing this one. So the judge looks at me and says, case dismissed. And I said, that's it? He said, get out of here. I said, okay. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so no, no repercussions. I didn't have to pay the ticket. I didn't go to jail. Uh, the semi-threat from the first judge who called me, uh, you know, obviously fell through. I, I think they know there's nothing they can really hold me on for cursing for that. I don't think it's really contempt of court. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Well, no, if it was contempt, they would have gone ahead and hit you with contempt. Well, it may, right? maybe they would have, but I, w- what I wouldn't say is uh, to the right state in the judge's face is, you can't get me for contempt. That's not contempt of court. Right, right. right you know, like <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, like, there are ways to, to go about these things. and uh, So, I mean, in retrospect, would you recommend for our listeners to uh, write a big old F-bomb right there on their traffic ticket and send it in, or do you think there are better ways to handle it? You know, it probably wasn't worth it. Um, also, you know, after I've told my friends this, you know, um, since listening to you guys, I decided not to pay my, you know, my yearly taxes. So they're like, you know, they're going to dig up some stuff on you that, that you haven't paid. This is going to turn into a much bigger problem for you than you anticipated. I was like, you're right, that could really suck. But uh, none of that came up. I guess they didn't do any deeper research into who I am. I guess I'm not that big of an issue. But uh, yeah, I don't think the, it's the probably local... not worth it. Yeah, I don't think the local yokels are going to be digging up your tax info based on you writing uh, something na- naughty on their traffic ticket. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably not worth it. There's, I mean, there's nothing to gain, obviously, other than pissing people off. And it probably is just, you know, luck of the draw who's going to try and do what to you and what mood the judge is in. So yeah. I, I definitely got away lucky, you know, lucky on this one. But, Congratulations. Uh, I want to update yeah, you guys amazing. that... Uh, yeah, thanks. thanks for the update. But I understand the frustration. I understand why somebody would want to do that. And there's certainly no shortage of stories out there of angry people. I mean, there was just some guy who shot up a school board meeting just, I think it was yesterday morning. There was news about it, I think, yesterday morning. And, you know, some people, they get pushed and they do things they later on would regret. They look back on and would say, oh, you know, had I thought a little further, I, I maybe I wouldn't have done that. And I've been angry, and I know what it's like. And I think that it was moving here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project that helped change that for me because I was, you know, then for the very first time around a, a community of like-minded people who understand what liberty is. I was in court uh, j- just this week. There were a couple of our friends that were charged with open container violations, and they had gone to court. And uh, there were probably a good dozen or so liberty activists in there, and you know, on a Wednesday morning at ten in the morning. And sitting there for a good solid hour waiting through all the different arraignments that were happening there, or the whatever the cases were that they had that morning, before they finally cleared out 90% of the people out of the courtroom and then took uh, the liberty activists up for their trials. So that way... Hardly anybody, uh, no, you know, hardly anybody normal would uh, would see what was what was going to transpire, and it's just nice having people willing to back you up. It's nice having a community of uh, of people that you can call your friends and your associates that actually understand what freedom is. And I think it, for me, it reduced that anger factor to the point where it completely turned, uh, well, mostly <laughs> turned it around. It still bubbles up from time to yeah. time, but um, it's, it's, I'm aware of it. It's difficult, uh, but you know, this is a. <sighs> 
you know, our ideas, the ideas of liberty, are not ones that pervade all of society. We're looking to change hearts and minds. We're not looking to win elections. We're not looking to, uh, you know, do all the things that people in other political parties. These aren't even really political ideas. They're moral ideas. We're looking to do more. Uh, you know, it's it's really closer to a religious revival than it is uh, some kind of political struggle. And you're you not, are a cult member. I, I'm only com- drawing comparisons. I, I, I'm not cl- claiming that there's a God in the middle of all this. Although, if there is a God, I think he's on our side. You know, he believes in the ideas of peace, freedom, and personal responsibility. But you're not going to convince anybody of those ideas by being outraged and yelling at them and pointing at them and, and spitting out of your mouth. Kevin, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. If you like this program and you want to help Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in. Reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. And you can do it for as little as three bucks a month with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options available too. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that I got away from the, the whole anger at the bureaucrats mentality. Uh, back when I moved here to New Hampshire, it wasn't immediate. It wasn't immediate when I moved here. I still By had no it. Means. Still had it for a while. Well, I, I still have it. I'm just working on it every day, and I yeah. have a lot more success than I did in uh, Florida, where there was just no hope for the ideas of liberty. And uh, so, yeah, I moved here in 2006 with you, Mark, and it was probably in sometime in the year 2007, or maybe a little later on in 2007 or so, when I really started to make significant strides in that direction. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I'm here uh, with other great people like you, Sean. Uh, you are you've completed your first year in New Hampshire at this point. Yep, I have. And having moved up, I believe early December of last year. Is that right? Yeah, last year. So, how have you changed in the last year? Um, I've certainly become uh, more peaceful, as you said. I, um, a y- couple years ago, I was a neocon. I was behind the wars for the most part. I thought they were being pursued poorly, but needed to be pursued anyway. And now I just want everybody over there brought home all, both Iraq and Afghanistan, whatever troops we've got in other countries. I know we've got like 800 bases in 170 countries or well, something. Well, they have lines. the bases. I don't have okay, them. The United States <laughs> government has them. Yeah. 
And it's not not part of me either. And what, what else has changed for you? I mean, from where you were, you were in North Carolina uh, at, uh, a year ago, and now I you're was, here. And I, I see a lot more opportunity for liberty around here. Uh, I have become less angry. There's still things that'll make me angry, and it, it's generally been a good move. I'm glad I'm here. What about the social uh, opportunities? For me, that was a big change. Like I used to spend a lot of time in my house down in Florida and very little outside. Now I'm pretty much going places and doing things every single week, multiple times a week. I, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm out of the house going to social events and such a whole lot more now than I ever was in North Carolina all my life, really. And we're going to see more of uh, more growth, more growth in uh, social occasions, more growth in activist opportunities as people continue to come here to get to know one another. There's a, a family's event that's going on this weekend. I don't know, Mark, if you're going to be able to make it no, out. You're getting ready at, for a trip. Yeah, we're departing. Because you're leaving next week. We'll be having our wonderful uh, co-host filling in for you. And uh, But the uh, the Monadnock Families for Liberty is a relatively new group that has uh, gotten together maybe just a couple of times, and they're doing it again this weekend. And so it's great to see the social opportunities expanding beyond just the uh, you know the karaoke getting together and uh, having having some beers together and actually get some families together and do things for the kids and that kind of thing. So we're seeing just continued growth, it, it, moving on, moving up, more opportunities to do more stuff and more interesting personalities moving here all the time as a part of the Free State Project. And you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it, to get signed up and to join the fun up here. Freestateproject.org. As we continue with Jason, speaking of North Carolina, he's still there. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I want to philosophize just a little bit about the concept of torture, especially with regard to the way Bradley Manning's being treated. Okay. I know that people in the liberty movement are very conscious when they're talking about dichotomies of shifting the discussion to dichotomies of liberty versus tyranny as opposed to nonsense dichotomies like left-right and a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't actually provide for constructive dialogue. And I'm concerned about the dichotomy that I think most people in society have between what you might call torture, inhumane punishments, punishments that supposedly we're not supposed to do, and humane punishments, punishments that are not cruel and unusual, they've become accepted. I would certainly agree with the assessment that uh, solitary confinement and and probably everything else that Bradley Manning has been subjected to is torture in the usual definition. But I'm concerned about that dichotomy because I think the line in between is a bit subjective. Different people might respond to solitary confinement in different ways, as was pointed out earlier. Some people might like it. They're probably a very small minority, very, very small minority of the population. I would imagine you're right about that. Somebody, some very people, small. Some people might like having their fingers lopped off with tin snips, too. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still a subjective dichotomy. I think there's a much more objective dichotomy that could be drawn, which is not between humane and inhumane punishments, but between retributive and compensatory punishments. A compensatory punishment is one that's used to make up for a loss that was suffered by a victim. Like if somebody steals $1,000 from me, in a compensatory justice system, I can go get $1,000 back from them. Sure. Or no, you compensated. Right. You would want to get $1,000 plus uh, you know, a certain amount for your lost time and efforts and frustration. Right. Collections right. isn't free. But if I threw them in jail... That would be retributive. It would have this sense of 
you did something bad, now I can go and make you feel bad about it, and then you won't want to do it anymore, which might have some deterrent effect, but I really don't think that uh, it has any applicability in the situation with Bradley Manning because I don't think that, you know, what they're doing to him would have a deterrent effect. He obviously leaked these cables understanding uh, that he might get in trouble, or leaked these documents understanding that he might get in trouble. And I don't like the whole idea of retributive justice. I think it's without moral grounding. I think that uh, in a free society... Two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. In a free society, you don't punish people who do bad things. You get back what's yours and protect yourself and make yourself whole again. And in this case, if if Bradley Manning is going to be punished, somebody's got to show me that he has hurt someone and he's somehow making up for that. Nothing about him being in solitary confinement is making up for anything that he might or might not have done. Absolutely it, it's right. Not, not repairing anything. It's not compensating for anything. So that would be my main objection to what's going on, not just that it's inhumane, but that it's not making any situation any better at all. You, 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 you're absolutely correct in what you're saying. Of course, the U.S. federal government would likely say that you know what he's done has hurt us irre- irrevocably. Uh, you know, irrevocably has 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 harmed us irreparably. Uh, has harmed us, and that uh, you know we can't even put a price tag on that. The worst thing, right? You and can... that's a terrifying idea that that you can hurt somebody in a way that they they can't define, but they'll punish you for it anyway. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can say Bradley Manning has done and have any certainty of is he is guilty of breach of contract in the form of his agreement not to disclose whatever it was the U.S. government let him know that he then later leaked. And is that contract even valid in the first place? Because well, the remember- contract was to defend the Constitution uh, against enemies, foreign and domestic. If he felt that the enemies were domestic, um, <laughs> that uh, you know, he one could very well make the argument that the highest, uh, his highest calling was to defend the Constitution, and that he felt that the enemies to the Constitution were his superiors and the people running the government. So I agree with you, Sean. I'm not going to. I'm. You're saying that the only thing that he could be uh, that one could accurately describe as breach of contract that he has done. I agree with you. However, I think that there's an out on even that. Oh, I didn't say it was a solid case. Uh, I I took an oath once to protect, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And one of these days, somebody's going to go to the National Archives and threaten that piece of paper, and I'm going to have to stop them. (laughs) Anything else you want to share tonight, Jason? And one more thing real quick. Um, Outlaw Hot Dogs, I went to Steve Pruner's sort of, sort of trial last week, and basically uh, the justice was served very swiftly, which is to say that they scheduled it on the wrong day and they've rescheduled it for next month. Okay. So that was that, but he has served them with three different motions to dismiss and is filing a federal lawsuit for oh, wow. abuse of his civil rights. I appreciate the And conti- he's still selling hot dogs. So That's awesome. That This guy is a hero. Steve Pruner uh, from Outlaw Hot Dogs down there in Durham, North Carolina, getting out there and selling people food without a permit, not uh, begging for permission, and, and continuing even after he's been arrested a couple of times. They actually stole his cart from him once, and he's still out there doing it. How many people showed up to support him at this uh, at this trial? able to get a couple people out just because it was the middle of the work day yep. and actually he has gotten his permit now oh. but he's continuing all of the lawsuits that he was involved in before then the, the 
Um, the city of Durham still wants to get him for having done this before, and he's right. still suing them. So Keep us in the loop, Jason. Now. I appreciate the info and the yep. continued updates. Definitely appreciate it because the mainstream media, you can better believe, isn't following that case uh, like the people that love liberty are. More coming up here tonight. Uh, hour three is next. You can take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. A passion for service never leaves. I'm Tim Lewis, and after 22 years in the military, I became a mortgage professional, helping my fellow veterans and active duty service members secure VA home loans. Refinancing with a VA loan is a privilege earned through service, and it's my privilege to help you get there. We can help you lower your rate or consolidate debt, even if your current mortgage is not a VA loan. Go to varadio.com to learn more. That's varadio.com. I'm Tim Lewis. Thank you for your service. varadio.com is a website of iFreedom Direct Corporation, a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 1-800-900-VA-LOAN. varadio.com. by dialing in toll-free, taking control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can again join us on the lines here at 800-259-9231. Let's talk about Ebenezer Scrooge. Sean, you've been uh, wanting to do this one for a little while, and sometimes the phones just ring off the hook and we can't do anything about that. So I think we've got the time this uh, at this point, so let's do it. All right. Well, let's just set up a. This is a defense for Ebenezer Scrooge. And where's it coming from? It's coming from uh, Mises.org. All right. And it is presented as a lawyer giving his closing arguments. Very so good. I'll have to read it. May it please the court, and frankly, even if it doesn't please the court, I find myself once again in the company of people like Clarence Darrow, who observed that there are those who run with the hunters and those who run with the hunted. In representing my client Ebenezer Scrooge, I am running with the hunted. Over the years, we have witnessed a thoroughly one-sided treatment of my client at the hands of the prosecution, as represented by Charles Dickens. On the basis of emotionally riddled allegations coupled with pure economic ignorance, we have been asked to find Mr. Scrooge guilty of the most ill-defined wrongdoings. Most of us have been dissuaded from even imagining the possibility of a defense for a man like Scrooge. Indeed, I suspect that many reading this brief are doing so under the impression that it is nothing more than a joke, or, at best, a humorous proceeding designed to satisfy your legalistic fancies about due process, so that you may proceed to hang my client with a clear conscience on your part. In this- so this is, uh, this is written in the, uh, the, the style of a defense attorney defending Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's saying that, uh, you know, that all the, uh, the the charges against Ebenezer Scrooge have uh, at this point been ill-conceived and emotionally based. That's what he's saying. Okay, nail it. He'll get into the charges in just a moment. In this day of Ashcroftian logic, wherein dissent is regarded as evidence of criminal conspiracy, some of you might be inclined to take a front-row seat alongside another Dickens character and precursor to Fox News commentators, the irrepressible Madame Lafarge, 
to demand swift punishment, lest the accused slip through the net on the legal technicality that he was not guilty as charged. Unlike the allegations in a child abuse case, no, not unlike the allegations in a child abuse case, many may be inclined to respond, what kind of defense could be made of a man like that? What would you expect someone who had done such a horrible deed to say? To even mount a defense on behalf of my client is to risk the disappropriation of all those burdened by the sentiments of political correctness. This is the age of tabloid thinking, which presumes that if allegations rise to a sufficient level of heinousness... It must be true. No defense is conceivable, <laughs> not even the defense of innocent of the charges alleged. Julian Assange is a rapist! Well, of course. That's what they're he, doing. They're just, they're just besmirching somebody's character, even though nothing has, uh, has, has happened yet. Some might even say that the more atrocious the allegations leveled at another, the less evidence that is necessary to sustain the charges and the greater the burden upon the defendant to refute and disprove such charges. What is the bill of particulars with which my client is charged? Pay close attention to Mr. Dickens' allegations. His case comes down to just two points. One, my client has managed to become very rich. And two, he insists on keeping his money for himself. That's it. That is the essence of his alleged wrongdoing. Knowing that the facts of this case support no more wrongdoings against my client than his being motivated by self-interest, Mr. Dickens resorts to a subtle form of vilification by giving my client a pejorative name in an effort to win you over to the prosecution side by your expected revulsion at the sound of it. Scrooge. <laughs> Ebenezer isn't that great either. No, not particularly. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely a name that's fallen out of uh, popularity. Like Bertha. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you'd think that with that would have happened with Ian, but no such luck. <laughs> yeah, it's I, actually pretty popular over in the UK. It's yeah, not that it's, popular it's getting, around here. It's getting more popular these days. And my nephew is an Ian, actually. <laughs> Whatever yeah. happened to Bertha, though? I mean, have you ever met an attractive Bertha? Well, it's it, it's the Berthas that I've met have been uh, people of uh, you know usually immigrant or child of immigrant status. Yeah, and uh, they've usually been older. It's not it's 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 a name that has right. fallen out of favor. I'll tell you the one that's really fallen out of favor though. Adolf. Um, oh, yeah. That's one that, you know, at one point was a relatively popular name. Now, there's still some Adolfos mm -hmm. out there, but it doesn't have the same level of vilification yeah. in South America that it does here. Sorry. Tangent. Go on. Tangents are fine. I have them all the time myself. Though I hope that you are sophisticated enough to resist such an apparent ad hominem attack against people of wealth, such has not been the response of most men and women. Like Ayn Rand's sniveling bureaucrat, Wesley Mooch, the name Ebenezer Scrooge is designed to evoke prejudice and animosity in the mind of the reader, so that people will be predisposed to support any case against the man, no matter how ill-founded. Even Ebenezer's politically correct nephew is blessed with a name from the maternal side of Scrooge's family. Dickens certainly had more neutral or wholesome names from which to have chosen for my client. David Copperfield, Nicholas Nickleby, Mr. Mockerbear come immediately to mind. Even the character Fezziwig conjures up a Jovality and good-natured spirit in the minds of those who have never read the story. Can you imagine my client with the name Sidney Carton going off to work each day expressing the thought, "'Tis a far, far better thing that I do today." Can you imagine such words coming from the pen of Charles Dickens and crossing the lips of my client as he goes about his business of lending money 
to those whose productive dreams will help to enhance the well-being of tens of thousands of total strangers. Yeah, bring me back to the story. I mean, it has been so long since I have uh, I've never read the the Dickens version of this. I mean, the only experience I have with this is the old Disney uh animated version where you know, Pluto and uh, Mickey Mouse and and Scrooge McDuck are are the the characters. So, w- tell me a little. I mean, before you go on with this defensive Scrooge, was he alone? You know, somebody who gave loans to people was that his his business? His business is not particularly made clear in the story, although it's he's a financier of some sort. So, the assumption is he makes loans or mm-hmm. something. It's not clear exactly what his business is. And it's isn't at the beginning of the story that he doesn't want to. What pay the his worker in advance or something like that, or give him a bonus or or give money to charity? What's what is it that he is being scroogey about? He's rather stingy. Well, that actually is not particularly defensive, but his pay to um, his employee um, is rather low for what for for appearances. It looks like he's paying not enough money to his employee, mm-hmm. and the defense here will go into some of why that's not true. Also, the uh, the, uh, the the office is not kept at a uh, reasonable temperature, so the suggestion is is that the workplace is uh, below Unsafe. average. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that uh, is it Copperfield is the name of the uh, protagonist in this? No, no, he's referencing no. other names from Dickens' okay. books. Because Dickens has uh, you know made uh, Copperfield, as I understand it, is a Jewish name, and uh, Dickens was uh, quite an anti-Semite from what I'd read, as far as uh, you know, in his books, the the way that he portrayed act, you know actual Jews in the books. So mm. you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. If we can. If we can, just a moment. Sorry. Well, you know, they, uh, the, the idea here that Scrooge gets a bad name, but his partner, his deceased partner, was Jacob Marley. That's right. Not a terrible, uh, you know, last name, right? I mean, you know, certainly it's not Ebenezer Scrooge. Just as a defendant is told he must take his plaintiff as he finds him, a lawyer must take his client as he finds him. And so I proceed with the merits, if indeed such exist, of the case against Ebenezer Scrooge. While a general demur should have disposed of this bogus and malicious action in swift fashion at the outset, such was apparently not done in a timely manner by my predecessor. And I am now compelled to go forward on the facts and their legal significance of this case. Taking my client as the miserable fellow Dickens has presented him, let me be the first to admit that if Ebenezer's obsession with materialistic pursuits rendered him an unhappy person, and were it the purposes of his detractors to help extricate him from his self-imposed miseries and to restore him to that state of happiness and innocence so common to us in our childhood years, no one would be happier than I. But it is not my client's happiness that the prosecution endeavors to obtain, but his money. The case against Ebenezer Scrooge is nothing more than a well-orchestrated, vicious conspiracy to extort from my client as much of his money as can be acquired through terror, threats of his death, and other appeals to fear. The only happiness that ensued to my client from this campaign arose from the ultimate secession of terror inflicted upon him. We'll come back with more uh, about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and a defense of Ebenezer Scrooge. Does you don't you don't hear this every day? I, I've never heard it before. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Certainly, you're welcome to comment if you're familiar with the story, and or, or bring up anything you want and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? 
Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, including our bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners there at bbs.freetalklive.com. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, jurisdictionary.com is the course for you. It'll show you what you need to know to win, how to move the court, uh, get evidence, all the things that you need to know to take a case to court. If you, if, you take, if you have a lawyer and you take cases to court on a regular basis, Jurisdictionary will help you know what your lawyer should be doing. It's for state, local, federal courts, country courts around the world. Jurisdictionary.com uh, works on all of them. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy. The average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. All right. So we're going to continue here. Sean, you are sharing with us uh, tonight a defense of Ebenezer Scrooge, someone who has been maligned across uh, a long, many decades, you know, over a century. The story's been around for a long time. And you're saying he's never had the appropriate defense until now. The Mises Institute has put forth something that has been written in the form uh, of a defense attorney, somebody who had supposedly would have been uh, the hired by uh, Ebenezer Scrooge to defend him against these allegations. And the allegations are, as you uh, pointed out earlier, essentially that he is, well, that he's stingy. Oh, it's that he's very, very rich and wants to keep his money to himself. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the case. That's all they've got. So let's hear the remainder. The case against Ebenezer Scrooge is nothing more than a well-orchestrated, vicious conspiracy to extort from my client as much of his money as can be acquired through terror, threats of his death, and other appeals to fear. The only happiness that ensued to my client from this campaign arose from the ultimate secession of terror inflicted upon him. Like the victim of any crime, the termination of wrongdoing offers a momentary relief that can be mistaken for pleasure, but it is an illusion. Such is the only happiness that Mr. Dickens has in mind for my client. Make no mistake about it. My client has been the victim of a cruel criminal conspiracy to extort his money, as well as of such torts as intentional infliction of emotional distress, libel, and slander. Trespass, assault, malicious prosecution, battery, nuisance, and false imprisonment. To that end, my client may elect to bring his own suit, but for now... (laughs) Let us focus upon his defense to this action. Now, in, in all of those, he's talking about the things that happened to Scrooge in the, in the, in the book that yes. Dickens subjected him to, right? Yes, that's okay. correct. Go ahead. As we do so, pay particular attention to the utter contradiction underlying Dickens' case. My client is charged with being a greedy, money-hungry scoundrel, and yet it is the conspirators against him who want nothing more than his money. Scrooge, unlike his antagonist, earned his money in the marketplace by satisfying the demands of customers and clients who continued to do business with him and did not, as far as we were told, resort to terror or threats of death to get it. 
Perhaps Dickens does no more here than engage in psychological projection. In doing so, he reminds us of the definition of a selfish person, person as one who puts his greedy interests ahead of mine. It is instructive that Dickens tells us virtually nothing about the nature of Ebenezer's business. We know that he is something of a banker or a financier, but we are told nothing about the nature of his investments. Even if he has not been a creative entrepreneur himself, he has, presumably, been responsible for financing many successful enterprises, which have not only benefited the rest of the community in terms of goods and services they provide, but afford employment to countless individuals, including Bob Cratchit. Well, it either, it either works or it doesn't, right? I mean, if you're going to loan money to people, let's presume he's a financier and that he's, he's, uh, he's wealthy and he's loaning this money out to people that are starting businesses and things like that. If it doesn't work out, then people default on loans in, in many cases, and that's, that's no good. I mean, that doesn't get him the interest payments that he's looking for. Um, but if it does work out, the loan does work out, and the person's business does succeed, that does mean that a new product or service has been brought to the community and that they have found it valuable and they've, you know, they've purchased it and they're, they're, they're helping this person's business succeed, and therefore the, the person who created the loan in the first place succeeds by, uh, by default. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting here they're showing... You know, there's there's this animosity from the rich to the poor, and I think or from the poor to the rich, largely. The, um, and I think that there's there's some justice in it. Many people in the um, who have are the rich have gotten there uh, throughout you know the, the eons by stepping on the people that are poor, taxing them, making them fight their wars. Remember, most soldiers have been slaves uh, throughout history, um, and all these other things. So those rich. Uh, they deserve people's vilification. However, when you take it to modern day, many of the people that are rich out there um, have gotten rich by providing people with goods and services that they wanted. That they, you know, when when you know when somebody sells a hamburger, if it's McDonald's, um, you know, let's assume that uh, the Koch guy is still around, whatever his name is, and. If he's selling you a hamburger or set up a business that sells you a hamburger, you're trading whatever money, you know, if it's uh, one of these McDoubles, I think it's 99 Koch, cents. you mean Ray Kroc? Kroc, is okay. that his name? Sorry. I'm like, wait, who? <laughs> Sorry, Ray Kroc. Okay. Um, I, you know, the founder seen, of McDonald's. I've just seen the plaque on the wall. Yeah. I don't pay much attention. And, you know, you trade your dollar for your hamburger and you go on your way. The reason you traded that dollar for that hamburger was worth it because the hamburger was worth it to you. It was worth more than the dollar. If the dollar was worth more, you'd have kept it. If it was a, you know, one chicken nugget, you would have traded the dollar because you didn't think it was worth it. Well, not only was the, the, the hamburger worth more to you than the dollar, the dollar was worth more to McDonald's than, than the, the hamburger. hamburger. Yep, and that's how the marketplace works, and that's why it's moral and it's okay. The idea that you unless, take away unless. Mr. Uh, Croc's money and then you give it to you know people that don't have jobs, don't want to work or whatever, you're that's talk- immoral. Well, just to put a caveat on what you're saying, you're talking about in the ideal marketplace where one would be free in theory to open up a competing hamburger establishment down the street from McDonald's. Would one be able to find the you know, the property and the availability to do that? In many cases, McDonald's has uh, teamed up with the government in order to pretty much guarantee themselves business and what i mean by that is like for instance in new jersey and connecticut uh they new jersey especially i believe they have the mcdonald's there uh where you're on this basically this restricted road um the turnpike the turnpike you can't 
really get on and off too easily. There's nothing that's immediately, there's no reason to get off because they want you to stay on the road and there's tolls and things like that. And, and it's a hassle to get on and off the turnpike. And so they have basically sold little mini monopolies to like mobile gas station and McDonald's. And so if you wanted to eat something else, you better have brought it with you uh, for that particular stretch of highway because they have ma- essentially mandated that you will be eating uh, the, the McDonald's food. So when the government gets involved, it's not exactly a, a free market scenario. But otherwise, ideally, you're right in a true, true free marketplace. So those, the things you said do apply. For all that we know, and it would seem to be beneath Dickens' sensibilities to ask such a question, We'll care about the answer. Scrooge may have provided capital for researchers seeking a cure for the very ailment from which Tiny Tim suffers. We know that, at the very least, by managing to... St- <laughs> and that was great timing there. Uh, you could you could always still go for a few more words. Uh, 800-259-9231. We'll find out more here about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge and a purported defense of him. I don't know. Does he deserve to be defended? I remember how he was portrayed in the Disney movie. He didn't seem like a very nice guy. 800-259-9231. You can take control and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. There's a webcam there. You can watch, listen, and chat. There's a chat room built into the same page. You can do all that stuff totally free at cam.freetalklive.com. It's brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. All right, so we've been uh, talking about this defense of Ebenezer Scrooge, who, as uh, Mises.org is putting it, is you know, they believe he is a financier uh, and that he was, is, he's getting an unfair shake uh, by the, you know, everybody in the last several decades. And that everybody wants Scrooge's money and that it's, it's okay for him to hang on to it. And, and I think that it's okay uh, for somebody to want to keep their money, but I think it also is better to be, you know, generous and to, uh, you know, to, to, to give. I think that there's, that's beneficial to, to people and that if, if that's what he was being accused of was being stingy and that he didn't want to support uh, the poor or whatever, then it's a, a valid accusation. It doesn't mean that he should be, you know, hung from the rafters or anything like that, but 
if you've got a whole bunch of money sitting around in a vault somewhere, then it, it doesn't hurt to give that to some charities and help some people get put some food in their mouths. Well, I imagine if he was a lender, as as the Mises Institute here is uh, supposing, most of his money was, in fact, lent out. And he didn't have it sitting in a vault somewhere because it's that doesn't make much money. That doesn't make him any profit. Well, that certainly is a possibility. Let's continue that in a moment. But first, talk to Andrew in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, the Enchanted Mark. Hello, Andrew. Andrew in Michigan? Just about to... Oh, excuse me. Hi, guys. I think uh, Sean was just about to uh, touch on this before the break. Uh, It kind of had to do with one of the scenarios of uh, Tiny Tim. Uh, When I I know this from the uh, Walt Disney version, um, when he goes back to look on his life, Tiny Tim is dead and the family is around. And it just doesn't make sense uh, that um, the partner uh, who's played by Goofy, is it Jacob Marley or is it? Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, Why would, like, um, there's like one being on the table that they're sharing, why would you uh, pay your employee enough to not even feed himself any sustenance? Why would he stay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't make sense because it it costs a lot of money, especially if you're a financier, and you guys know that those guys do all the funny numbers and stuff, so he's got to have some sort of education to be doing that kind of thing. Um, So it wouldn't make sense to, like, uh, just give him enough that he's, like, starving to death and his whole family's starving. So I, I say you should be allowed to keep his money. Thanks for the call tonight, Andrew. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So, of course, we're talking about uh, the situation that has been dramatized, right? I mean, that, that this, these people would be so underpaid that they wouldn't even be able to eat. And that actually is about what we're to get into. All right, let's do it. All right. We know that, at the very least, by managing to stay in the lending business these many years and accumulating handsome earnings in the process, Scrooge's decision-making has been beneficial to others. All this goes unmentioned by Comrade Dickens, who prefers to focus upon the fact that Scrooge has actually profited from these many benefits that his sound business decision-making has indirectly bestowed upon his neighbors. All right. We've had people call this show that complain about the fact that people charge interest on loans. They call it usury. They want people to give money out without any kind of incentive uh, for themselves. That it, at that point, why would you do it? Because everybody knows that lending out money it's involves risky. risk. And um, then you know, if you, you want to get compensated for your risk. If you have no, if there's no, uh, you know, reason for compensation, why would you lend money? People that don't want to see interest on loans don't want to see loans. Apparently not. The central character in this campaign of terror and extortion against my client is one Bob Cratchit, the 19th century's version of Forrest Gump, a witless and chronic loser with no apparent control over any significant aspects of his life save, perhaps, for his body's biological functions. He is an inflatable bozo clown whose only purpose in life is to absorb the blows visited upon him by others. He is the poster boy for victimhood, a flatliner devoid of any dynamic sense of life. Let me offer this caveat, however. We do not allege this man to be one of the principal conspirators against my client. Far from it. For to have dreamed up or to have actively participated in a scheme as convoluted and diabolical as the one perpetrated against my client seems far beyond the ambitions or the imagination of Bob Cratchit or any members of his family. At this Clearly not an ambitious man. I mean, accepting a crap can job, which is supposedly what we're to believe that he had, and not bothering to uh, to go out and, and find something else. Of course, one could say, well, there are no other jobs, but that's not very likely in the, in the marketplace. At this point, many of you are probably thinking to yourselves, surely he's not going to denounce the Cratchits, is he? They are one of the most revered of all families. 
part of the pantheon of secular gods in our culture. I can't believe he's going to go after them. Yes, I am. I'm going to attack the Cratchits. He can't do that, you may now be saying to yourselves. Just watch me. One of the offenses with which my client has been charged was that he had not paid Bob Cratchit a large enough salary. Cratchit has worked in an allegedly substandard level of pay, whatever that may mean, for my client for many years. Why? Why did he not quit? Why didn't he go work for some other employer? Perhaps one of the politically correct businessmen who periodically show up at Scrooge's office to solicit and browbeat charitable contributions from my client? Put yourself in Cratchit's position. Imagine yourself to have been the victim of years of underappreciated and underpaid work, head of a large family, one of whose members suffered from a life-threatening ailment. What would you have done? Would you have simply sat around in a kind of super lotto stupor, hoping that great fortune would befall you through some act of dumb luck? Certainly in the early days of the Industrial Revolution, wherein Dickens wrote, when new businesses were starting up all over the place in a great burst of economic creativity, there must have been all sorts of opportunities available for a competent bookkeeper. Great fortune. I'd like to point out uh, that during the Golden Age, um, and I think that this number is specific to America and not Great Britain where uh, Dickens was writing, but it is the only time in human history, I'm going to repeat that, the only time in human history that the, the working class of people's standard of living doubled in the span of 20 years. Has your standard of living doubled in 20 years? Has the average working guy's standard of living doubled in the last 20 years? This was the period of, you know, laissez-faire. And admittedly, it wasn't entirely laissez-faire. They had their fingers in it. Now they got their whole, they got their arm up to their elbow in it. But, um, you know, this in this time of laissez-faire, it, uh, admittedly there were problems, no doubt. But the average workers... Earning, uh, you know, wages earned, real wages earned, double in that time frame. To anyone with even the most rudimentary understanding of economics, two things should be clear. One, if has been alleged my client is a tight-fisted, selfish man, he surely would not have paid Bob Cratchit a shilling more than his marginal productivity was worth to Scrooge's firm. And two, if Bob Cratchit was being woefully underpaid by my client, there must have been all kinds of alternative employment available to this man at higher salaries. If Cratchit cannot find more remunerative work, and if my client is paying him the maximum that he is marginally worth to his business, then Cratchit must be worth precisely what my client is paying him. Economic values are subjective, with prices for goods or services rising or falling on the basis of the combined preferences of market participants. In this interplay of marketplace forces, which Dickens neither understands nor favors, coupled with Cratchit's passive, sluggish disposition when it comes to improving his marketable skills or opportunities that accounts for Cratchit's condition in life, my client should no more be expected to pay Cratchit more than his marketable skills merit than would Dickens have paid his stationer a higher than market price for his pen, ink, and paper, simply because the retailer needed more money. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. We'll get your thoughts in. Are they missing something here, the Mises people? Uh, I feel like they're missing a little compassion, personally. (laughs) I think it's articles like this that uh, get libertarians, uh, give them a bad name. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your thoughts. If you make a call now, 800-259-9231, we'll do our best to sneak you in here. And hopefully we'll give you a chance to win a two-pack of the Totasac if I don't screw it up and space out and forget to do it by the end of the show. Of course, the end of the show is coming up pretty soon. So what is the Totasac, Mark? The Totasac is a, uh, it's a retail grocery bag carrier. It's made of 100% recyclable materials right here in the United States. And you can go take a look at it at totasac.us, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us. There's no C in Totasac. It's totasac.us. And, uh, you know, you, once you have one of these things, you'll never realize how your uh, you know, life's been enhanced, uh, you know, what, what you've been missing up to this point. They're, they're truly an enhancement for going, going to the grocery store. Sean, totasac. I don't think we've gotten you any Totasacs yet, right? I don't have any. There's one, one right there for you. There's one more left, I one think, more? that we have here, yeah. So if you want to take one, you're welcome to. Just disappear. Mark uh, went and bought a whole bunch of them and uh, been handing them out, and so uh, it, it's a great little tool. We'll give you a two-pack here, hopefully, in a little bit. We're talking about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, and Mises.org is defending him, and there's more to this story, so you can go to Mises.org org to get the full uh, report, the full uh, shebang, but we're going to jump down to the very end and take your phone calls here. In spite of all this, there may yet be some hope for Tiny Tim to escape from the limited future implicit in the restricted imagination of Charles Dickens. Tim may have some potential, if only he can be freed from this family of whining misfits. <laughs> if he is not rescued, but manages to survive only as a result of the shakedown perpetrated upon my client, his future may be a bleak one. He may even end up confined to a bleak house, or worse still, spend his adult years in the spiritually drearier position of being an executive director of some political action group designed to mobilize other social misfits, yallers, and existentially bankrupt men and women. As part of a settlement offer, my client would consider adopting Tiny Tim, should his parents agree, and cut loose the rest of the Cratchit family to con- Continue their mindless, unfocused, spirited, and passive bottom feeding in the shallow and stagnant end of the human gene pool. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let us have no more of these drive-by specters from the netherworld who feign their concern for crippled children. Like other opportunistic parasites who tell us that they feel our pain even as they are causing us more pain, let us have no more of the self-serving guilt peddling that keeps men and women subservient to those who threaten to cut off their dependencies. Tiny Tim is young enough to be given the benefit of the doubt as to his future. As for the other members of the Cratchit family, let us allow the evolutionary process of nature to dispose of these non-adaptive, non-resilient, non-ambitious leches who exhibit not the least sense of intelligence or creativity in the plight of one of their own, for whom they exhibit only superficial concern. The claim against my client is without substance and should be dismissed with prejudice. It is the Industrial Revolution's version of a scapegoating action, Grounded more in bigotry than in fact or reason. In the end, I can answer, I can offer no better answer to such charges than those provided by my client himself. Bah! Humbug! <laughs> the defense rests. <laughs> yeah, the compassion, I think, is a real issue with uh, whoever it was that wrote that. And, and who was it, by the way, at uh, the Mises? Butler Schaffer over Butler at Mises. Schaffer. I wouldn't take it too, uh, too seriously. It's just a you know, fun it, little No, I, I understand, Mark, but... Words mean something, and the way you approach a topic make means something. I understand the the, the I guess the the venue that it was written in, and the mindset that it was written for, and I, I get all that. 
but I, I, th- I think that it's, it's an article like that that somebody can point to and say, yeah, that libertarians have no compassion and they're a bunch of cruel jerks. And That's why I go and volunteer at the community kitchen on a regular basis. Sure. And yeah, I, I give money to that same organization as well. Um, we can do things in our own lives to to make differences in other people's lives. And you are not a, a wealthy uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, and, and nor am I. Um, but you know, we still find the time to to give back to the community. And I, I just think, do you understand what, where I'm coming from uh, on sure, this? Like sure. that, that article, as cute as it was, and as poignant as it was, and it's pointing out of how the market works and economics. Economics can be kind of cold, you know, when it's when it's presented in, by economists. Who aren't maybe the best at exhibiting, uh, you know, exhibiting compassion or exuding compassion for their fellow man, uh, who may not have been as uh, fortunate as uh, as they are. Well, this was an economist pretending to be a lawyer. Yeah. What did you expect? <laughs> no, that's exactly what I expected. Let me tell you, I, that's precisely what I expected the piece to be uh, when you told me about it in advance. Let's go to the phones and the fun here. Your thoughts are welcome. Matt is in Illinois on the Amp Lines. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I think the, the guy who wrote that last piece that was read missed a lot from the, from the book or, or ignored a lot in his piece. Um, Dickens, Charles Dickens may well have been uh, a statist. He may well have uh, been pointing out um, social injustices that he felt the government should should uh, um, fix. But even in that book, there were times when he, he showed a, an individual spent. For instance, there is a point in that book where Scrooge is asked for a donation, and he goes, are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? And the gentleman says, well, many would don't want to go to those places because they don't feel they're well enough maintained. And Scrooge goes, thank goodness, I thought they were wasting my tax money. So that points out the, <laughs> the fact that he he was thinking that his tax money was his giving that's that's how he was giving to society mm. by paying his taxes which is uh, not uncommon uh in people's uh, mind as to well i'm not going to give any money to those charities i already paid my taxes and that should be good enough and, right and more than that uh, when when scrooge when they when they do the whole ghost from the past thing it is shown that scrooge has actually chosen money as his god he chooses money over his his the woman that he loves he chooses money over his sister. He alienates himself because of money, and it has that has nothing to do with being a statist or 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 an individualist. That has to do with personal choice, and everybody is welcome to make that choice. And he did. And Dickens is pointing out the 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 destruction, the the personal destruction that can happen when somebody makes such a choice. So uh, I don't think that I, – I think that if this gentleman wants to point out flaws in uh, Dickens' social commentary, he should pick a different book. I, I don't think this is the correct book to point out those flaws. Wow, that's great. I'm uh, glad you called with those points tonight, Max. It's the really most popular helped. of them, though, I'd say. I think that was a, yeah. a real great cap on the, on the, the entire hour. Anything else you want to share? Uh, no, thank you. That Thanks for it. the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I, I completely agree. I mean, if money is your God, you're, you've, 
you've got some real problems. And there's some going to be some you know greed. I think the times I've been greedy in my life, life has smacked me down, man. And I have learned my lesson about that. And I, phew, there are some serious consequences that can come about from that. Yeah, from what know, I've seen, you've got to uh, you've got to wonder, you know what drives people after a certain point when it comes to to money i mean you know bill gates obviously stopped uh making money now he's trying to give his away which i think is great i don't think that the uh superstars that are really great at making money should be limited by the government um you know tax them to the point that it's you know not worth them working any longer because those people create businesses that drive the economy that provide jobs for people that do so much for so many um that uh, i don't think you should do that but at some point or another it's just like well, you know what what are you what are you making the money for some people love their job i mean I, you know i don't know how much money we're going to make doing this but i do i this, don't care you know you and i we started doing this for free for years we did this show for free so clearly it's not all about uh, money money comes when you for me money comes when you give people what they want Money comes when you provide a product or service that people are demanding in the marketplace and you satisfy your customers. If you're giving people what they want, they'll give you what you want. Everybody's going to be fine. You don't have to really worry about it at that point. Let's continue here with Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. Andrew? Greetings, gentlemen. Um, I, I don't think I could encapsulate uh, 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 my opinion about that piece better than uh, Matt could. But uh, I like to also point out that Scrooge, in in the story, most of the bad parts that are portrayed that uh, Scrooge is you know supposed to look negatively um, about is during the times when Scrooge is having self uh, reflection in in the um, part of what is uh, the dream sequence where he's looking at the the ghost of the past, the ghost of the present, and the ghost of the future, and in those three parts, he looks at part of his life as it was, as it is now, and as he thinks that people will view him in the future, and he comes to the realization that he doesn't want to live that way because he wants to be remembered as a good guy instead of a dick, in which, you know, pretty much he <laughs> comes across that. Andrew, we're short on time, man. I Somebody thank you for the, the show I, and the book name Richard. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It's not a bad word, Mark, unless it's used in a sexual connotation. Hey, you want to get a two-pack of the Toto Sack? Call in right now, 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105, and you might just win a two-pack of the Toto Sack. We will be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Welcome to Living Healthy Naturally. With information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing. Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Duncan. In today's go-go world, it's so incredibly easy to consume the wrong kinds of stimulants. And what do these unhealthy stimulants really do for you? They make you feel jittery and nervous. And then at the end of the day, they have a crash effect and then it wears off. We all know that feeling. And then what do we do? We consume more of these unhealthy stimulants. Look, if you want to get off the merry-go-round of stimulants for good, I tell all my clients to make sure they get the proper amount of omega fatty acids and B vitamins in their diet. Omega fatty acids feed your heart and your brain and your body so they function properly and more energetically. A great source of these omega fatty acids is the acai berry, and Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice that contains naturally energizing omega-rich acai with added B vitamins. 
Now, this will help you get some of the needed energy support in a healthy and convenient juice. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice from Genesis today, and you'll be getting all the healthy omegas and B vitamins you need to be energized and fit. To learn more about living healthy, naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.